0: For the last several months, actually, and it just finally decided to die, and uh, so we'll, we're in the process of getting a new one, and we should have it up and running by next Sunday. So, so we trust that we'll have that back. Um, something about computers, isn't it? How, and you can buy one today, and by next month, it's a it's. It's uh, become old and it's a dinosaur. It's something how that works. But, but we'll, uh, like I said, we're in the process of getting a new one and uh, the parts have already been ordered and we should have it back up and running next week. Uh, also, today, and I'm going to talk about this today, uh, but 29 years ago today, Diane and I got married. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. So 29 years. And Brian and Debbie got married on this day how long ago? 12 years ago and happy anniversary did I do I did the ceremony I remember that I did I, I her last name was a rabbit so I tied a rabbit in a knot was that was that what you was it? Was that what or something like that but anyway so it's their anybody else anniversary today so so happy anniversary so the question would be how did Diane and I make it this long and we're still very happy are, are you happy yes. yeah I'm very happy <laughs> really i we are we, we have a great marriage it 's not a perfect marriage. there is no perfect marriage but uh it, it's it's a it 's a great marriage and uh and i 'm still just as happy now as I was then and uh, but I want to talk to you today now if you 're here today and you 're single, you say, well, you know he's you know you see as a pastor i 've got to talk about a bunch of different things you see, and today we 're going to talk a little about marriage, but uh you know, if you're single, I will tell you this. You're better off being single than married to the wrong person. You need to realize that. You're better off being single than married to the wrong person. And uh, looking back, there were, there were only three girls that I would have ever really considered marrying. I married the third one. But the first two, without going into a bunch of detail... The first one, I didn't really love her. I was in love with the idea of being in love. Now, you know, you love her with the love of the Lord. I'm not talking about that. But I didn't really love her. It was a high school thing. And uh, 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 sometimes you can be in love with the idea of doing something and not really in love with the something itself. It happens to a lot of people. They want a certain job. And And then they get that job and they're miserable. And you look back at it, they weren't really in love with that job. They were in love with the idea of having that job. And it's the same thing with relationships. A lot of times, you know, you look at somebody and you think, oh boy, it'd be great to be married to that guy. Oh, but you don't realize he beats his wife at night. Did you hear me? Or he's got a bunch of girlfriends on the side. You understand, right? So, you know, our boy it would be nice to have that woman for my wife. Wouldn't it be wonderful? And then you find out that, you know, she's not all she's cracked up to be either, you know. So, but I married the right person. And I know I did. And, uh, uh, and we've had a great marriage and it's still happy 29 years later. And, uh, so there's four uh I did want to say this these girls that I had thought about marrying these two others if I'd have married either one of them, I would have probably wound up divorced and miserable, and I know it'd have been miserable so um so I got the right one and uh but four foundational laws of marriage, just very briefly here today, the scripture. In Genesis 2, you can turn there. I just have two verses today and it works out good because the computer is, is down. So it's just two verses. Genesis 2, 24 and 25. This was given to the first married couple, Adam and Eve. Their marriage. And it gives us four foundational laws of marriage. Four foundational laws of marriage. Let me read these verses. Genesis 2, 24, and 25 says, Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, or cleave to his wife. They, they'll become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. So, in here, we will see four foundational laws of marriage. The first one is the law of priority. The law of priority. And really, if you look at these four laws that we're going to talk about briefly here this morning, it, it, really, if, if a marriage is happy, you'll see these four things in it. The first is, a man will leave his father and mother. What we see it here is the law of priority. The law of priority, we see a rearranging of priorities Whereas the man had been with his father and mother, now he's with his wife and he's joined to her and he has a rearranging of priorities. One major area that causes problems in marriages and we've seen this over over all these years of pastoring. One major area that causes problems in marriages is misplaced priorities. Misplaced priorities priorities the law of priority is being violated in some way now the priority structure is very simple god has to be first if god is not first i'm talking about god the father god the son god the holy ghost if god is not first in your marriage then your marriage will never be all that it's supposed to be god has to be first okay and um I, we've watched this over the years and I was guilty of this too. You know, when you're dating, in the dating stage and and uh, initial stages of marriage, when you're still in that honeymoon, you know, it's, it's really easy to put that... Uh that 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 girlfriend or that boyfriend or where it's real easy to put them above God and seek after them more than you're seeking after God. I've watched many people do that, and there was a time in my life where, uh, sad to say, Diane, I was seeking her. I wanted to I wanted to marry her, and there were some times where she was uh, more important to me than than the Lord. Did you get what I just said there? I'm just being honest. I, I spent more time seeking after her than I spent seeking after the Lord. And that's not right. That was out of whack. So I had to get that straightened back up. And, uh, and I did thank God. And, uh, because the first commandment, what's that first commandment? Does anybody remember the first one on the list? You'll have no other gods before me. So God has to be the most important thing. Most important one. He's not a thing, he's a person. He has to be the most important. And then, and then after God, after God, it is your spouse. He, comes, or she, he or she comes next on the list. And then after that, children. Now, Diane and I have seen this, this next one I'm about to talk about. We have seen this again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Once the honeymoon wears off, and then you have children. We, we watch this so often. In marriages that fall into this next thing, they they never are all that God wants them to be. Is the children become more important than the spouse, and even more important than God? Did you hear me? And it, it's all it's all about the child. And you, how many of you know you ought to love your children? Is that you ought to love them, adore them? But but you should and you must love God more than you love your children. And you should love and put your spouse and honor them and have them in a higher position than your children. And and so many marriages that we've seen over the years, you know, I've even had, and primarily women have, have said this to me, they say, "Well, I'll, I'll keep God first, all right, but I'm not, I'm not putting Him ahead of my kids." Now, I've had that dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And sometimes the the, the husband, you know, he he may well have it coming because he's spending all his time doing other things than with his family, and it's I guess it's real easy for the woman to put. The children above the husband. But I've I've also seen some good husbands where she just loved the children more and put the children first. And in those marriages, just you know, they can be happy, all right, but just up to a certain point. But I can honestly say I've never seen one of them that was all that God wanted them to be. When you get this priority structure out of whack, the whole thing falls apart. God has to be first. Okay? And then after God you have to put who? Your your, your spouse. And then after your spouse comes the children. Uh, you know, I and, and then, you know, we talk about putting children ahead of your spouse, but I said it a moment ago, it bears repetition. I've watched this so many times with so many people over so many years where the child is more important than God. And if the child has some activity going on, that takes priority over anything that, that God is doing. Do you understand? And and it just it just and a lot of times I've, I've again so many years of watching this. I've watched married couples set their lives up. If you want to be successful and have your needs met and, and, and live in prosperity. You have to set your schedule up around God. He's not going to set his schedule up around you. And he's not going to set his schedule up around your children's little league games. Yes, or, or, or school recitals. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you. If you have a Wednesday night service, you know, and your children have a recital on Wednesday night, you ought to go to your children's recital. Can, can anybody say Amen. But if your children's having recitals regularly every every Wednesday night, somewhere you've got to get that priority straight and teach your children that God's more important than the recital. You okay? So who's first? Then, then, then children. In that order. You get it out of that order, you're, you're, you may have some happiness, but you're not going to have what God wants you to have in your marriage. After your children, then you have your extended family, your in-laws, your friends. I've already seen where, where women and men, you ask them who their best, come on, come on, ask me. Say, Pastor Terry, who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? She's sitting right here on the front row. That she's my best friend. Joe up the street or Joe back there as much as I love Joe. Let's pick on Joe. I love Joe, but, but he's not my best friend. She's my best friend, but Joe is my friend, Dale. I love Dale. He's not my best friend. She's my best friend. I really think that if you want to have the marriage that is, 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 is that what God wants for you. And I, I wasn't thinking about you, Joe, when I, I just, Joe, but I love you, Joe, Brian, I love Brian, he's not my best friend. Alex, I love Alex, he's not my best, she's my best friend. I really think that for the marriage to be all that God wants it to be, your spouse needs to be your best friend. Obviously, God is first, but you understand in human terms, your best friend really should be your spouse. It's real quiet. I wonder if I'm stepping on toes, I don't know. But it. But It's the truth. And then after your children, then, then how many of you know that there, there shouldn't be a person in your life, another person in your life that's that's more important than your spouse? Is, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, but I've seen this, I say millions, but it's, it's an exaggeration, but but hundreds of times you ask someone, who's your best friend? Well, it's, it's it, you know, a woman will say, well, it's Mary at work. Well, who should your best friend be? Your husband, your spouse. And if you can't say that, then you need to do some restructuring of some priorities, right? Are you with me? You okay? I'm just... I'm just... So you've got your children, then you have your uh, your church activities. Now, you ought to put your children ahead of typical church activities. Say amen to that. You should. But yet you should teach your children that that that, that God is important. Did you get what I just said there? because i 've seen people that that all they 're doing is church stuff all the time church stuff, church stuff, church stuff, church stuff, church stuff, church stuff, and they leave their families over here undone. How many of you know that god doesn 't want that if, and i 've noticed this, if you get this priority structure right you 'll have time for all of these, and none of nobody'll have to suffer loss, God first, then your spouse. Then your children, then after that, you got your extended family, your friends, your church, your career. You know, a lot of times people make a God out of their career. And their job becomes their God. And they're always working, and men are always working, and then the wife and the children are left undone, you know. Even though he's making a lot of money, he's never there to spend time with them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So so then, so then your church, your extended family, friends, your career, your career is important. You need to have a job, all that, you know, you need to provide for your family. But you have to learn to balance the time you work with the time you spend with your family. Then after that, then you have, of course, sports and hobbies, other interests, priority structure. And you have to keep this priority structure in order. Because if you don't, your marriage won't be all that God wants it to be. I know that Diane and I—we've always tried talking about priorities. She's always been more important to me than I have been to myself, and I've always been more important to her than she's been to herself. And, and it, it shows it, itself in little things, like for all these years, when she makes, when she she does the, she cooks and I clean. She cooks and I clean the dishes. She does the cooking and I do the dishes done it for 29 years now and I grew up saying as a little kid I'm not doing no dishes for no woman I said that many 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 times growing up and guess what I've done for 29 years because if she's good enough to cook it I ought to be good enough to clean it you understand that's right so but it's interesting when she makes the plates and puts them makes them there she loads the plates you know loads it or whatever she puts the food on place she when i look at them, I, she's always given me the bigger plate the bigger amount if there's a piece of cake guess what she always wants me to have the bigger piece or the better piece of pie or whatever it is now it's not cake and pie anymore now it's asparagus and and all that but she wants me to have the broccoli the best the biggest piece of broccoli and i'm the same way with her i want her to have the best and the and and and, and you know and uh you know i'm always looking out to what she wants. I want you to have the best peace. I want you to have the best thing. And we've done that for years and we probably did it last night when we ate you know in everything we do. Would't you agree with that? So priorities. The next one is a law of pursuit. It says that uh, the Bible said that uh, they'll leave their he'll, the man will leave his father and mother and then be joined to his wife. It's the law of pursuit. So what was the first one the law of what priority what's the second one the law of pursuit there's just four of these law of pursuit says and he'll be joined to his wife or cleave to his wife i think the king james says but cleave means this to catch by pursuit to pursue with great energy and effort to cling to zealously to stay close to to stick with to stay with so once a man leaves his father and his mother, and they're, and they're married, the husband and wife are married. Uh, would you agree with me that, that, as I've watched this over the many years, and I talked about it already today, but when I w- before Diane and I were married, guess what? I was pursuing her, correct? The Bible says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I found a good thing, I got favor from the Lord. You know, I'm sure this, God's blessed me in some things just because I had her by my side. I'm, I'm convinced of that. But I sought her, I, was, I pursued her. But you know, like I said already, it bears repetition. Once, because the men have this hunter mentality, and once we've, once we've captured our prey, you know, then, <laughs> then we're, we're kind of, after a while, we move on to the next. That's really why there's affairs a lot of times. I remember John Kennedy, anybody remember him? He supposedly said to his brother Bobby, he said, because John, how many know John Kennedy had affairs all over the place? Did he or didn't he? And he said to his brother, he said, Bobby, he says, it's not even about the sex. He says, it's about doing something that I can get away with. Pursuit. The pursuit of doing the next thing, That, that how, how, how far can I go and still get away with it? We need to all understand that about our flesh. Our flesh... You, do, how many pieces of pie can I eat before I have a heart attack Now stop one piece shy now, you need to understand that about your flesh come on now yes. a lot of people the, the flesh how here's the flesh talking How how far away can I get from God and still be saved did you hear me and so what I'm saying here is that once, particularly from a man, once the wife has been, once the ring goes on the finger, the pursuit typically stops because we've 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 got our we've got our prey, and now let's move on to the next thing. And you see, if you want to have a successful marriage, a man should continue to pursue his wife. I've pursued her now for 29 years, and she's pursued me back. I look for ways to please her. she looks for ways to please me. You understand that? Uh, she's always tried to look nice for me every day. when, when, uh, when I come home, she's always looks nice. She, she, she almost never looks like she just rolled out of bed. And even when she just rolled out of bed, she looks pretty. (laughs) Now I can—I can. I'm sad to say this, but I haven't always done that. I mean, there there was a time in my life I was way overweight, and I just—I'd get up in the morning, I wouldn't even comb my hair, I just wouldn't even brush my teeth. I was just going through. Anybody ever have a low spell beside me? Oh, you never had a low spell, but but I did. Haven't always looked the best for her. But but about five or six years ago, the Lord just got a hold of me. And I only tell you the side of it that has to do with, with my health, but another part of it is I wasn't doing right to her. I, 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 looked just, I looked like I just rolled out of bed a lot of times. I had that silly, stupid looking hairpiece, and I would have to wear a hat, and I looked miserable sometimes. Thanks for not divorcing me or leaving me during that. We need to always look the best we can for our spouse. Are you okay? You all right with that? Doesn't mean you have to go around every, every moment, you know, always with makeup on or whatever, but did you get what I'm saying? Do your best to look the best you can for your spouse because you see that woman that he sees at work, how many of you know that she's always got her best foot forward, doesn't she? Now, if he was married to her and had to look at her 24 hours a day, she wouldn't always look that great either. Is that right? But if he sees Mary Jane at work, always looking nice, and come home, comes home to Ethel, and Ethel isn't looking so good, his wife, who, you know what, what you know what's going to happen, don't you? So it's important that we, as men and women, that we do the best we can to use the mouthwash, use the toothbrush, uh, toothpaste, use the use the deodorant. So you know, do these things. Look nice for your spouse. Can you say Amen? The best way to make the law of pursuit work out... Oh, here's here's a good one. The best way to make the law of pursuit work is to learn about and take part in the interests of your spouse. Now, this is a big one right here. The best way to make the law of pursuit work out is to learn about and take part in the interests of your spouse. You must have a common pursuit. Now, the best common pursuit to have is God... And, and, and that's, that's the best thing, the best one, and the things of God. I think that's one reason our marriage has been so successful is we've always kept God at the center of it. But uh, I know this. I noticed this with Diane many years ago. Now, she hates golf, does not like it. But guess what I found one day? I found her sitting there with me, and guess what she was doing? watching golf with me. She found something I was interested in and started doing it with me. And you know what? I never would have believed this, but I watch the fixer-upper with her. (laughs) And I never thought I'd be watching that. And I watch gardening shows and cooking shows but you know, you start watching, you start watching this stuff. I've almost got addicted to fix her up, you know, because I'll come in there and because and, and, we fast forward to the commercials, and you'll see those three houses. And then I tell her I'm in too far. I got to know which one they choose, you know. And so, so I get addicted to that. And then, and then this one here: diners, drive-in, and dives. Have you ever heard of that? Diners, drive-in, and dives. As so I kind of got addicted to that, I like watching that that, that guy go around and eat all that, eat all that greasy food. You know, it just. This, uh, he's got all that jewelry on. looks like Liberace. And he's chewing all, chewing in them, in them cheeseburgers. And, and, then, whew, and I wonder how come he's not any bigger than he is, you know. But maybe he eats it, and then when the camera goes off, he spits it out. I, I don't know. It's like the one guy said, you can eat anything you want as long as you don't swallow it. Spit it out. You eat anything you want. But I'm watching diners, <laughs> diners drive in and dives. I never thought I'd be watching that. But she likes it, so that's why I watch it. Do you get what I'm saying? You find out what your spouse likes, and you do it. And we now listen. To this we pursue things understanding each other's strengths and weaknesses. You need to learn this before marriage. Before you get marriage. Before you get marriage. Before you get married, opposites attract. But once that ring goes on the finger and the honeymoon wears off, opposites will repel absolute guaranteed fat. And the very thing that draws you to each other to start with can be the very thing that destroys your marriage. Because before you get married those opposites you're see because she has what's lacking in me and I have what's lacking in her and we come together and we get married now we're complete. But because because the opposites have a track. Now, once we get married and and the honeymoon wears off, now those opposites repel, and now I'm starting to pick on her for the areas where she's weak, and she could, and she hasn't done this maybe once or twice in 29 years. I've done it. I've been the worst of the two partners, believe me. But, uh, you get a saint to be married to me. God bless you. I'm not that bad, though. But, but, but what I'm saying is, is that, is that once you get married, honeymoon wears off, it's so easy to start, the thing, the very thing that attracted me to her, can be the very thing that I start, not physically beating on, but but verbally attacking, and magnifying, and you don't do this, and you don't do that, you don't do the other, you don't do the other, and and you need to be aware of that, because it's so easy to look at your spouse, through your own glasses, you see that? And uh, Diane is the kind of person that she likes to always have something going on, just always always busy, 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 and that's good. I'm the kind of person as I like to get everything set up the way it needs to be, and then just kind of let it run itself with a little maintenance. And, and so what happened was is when she would put her glasses on early on and look at me, she saw somebody that was kind of lazy. but I'm not lazy. But but we didn't know then what we know now. But I'm not just always busy, 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 and looking for something to do. I like to get the work done, and then we're done. On the other hand, she's always got something going. I put my glasses on, and I saw somebody that was kind of a workaholic, and always has to be doing something. And you know, so I thought she was a, a, I thought that she was a, a, a like a taskmaster, so to speak. And she thought I was lazy. And neither one of them is true. Say amen. It just she was looking at me through her from her ditch and I was looking at her from my ditch and we weren't really in ditches, but we thought we were looking at each other. And so we had to realize that the very things that pulled us together, rather than letting them pull us apart, we just, we just realized that and then here's what we do is like when there's a project, we've always done this after we figured all this out. There's things I take care of and there's things she takes care of. It's like the yard. When's the last time you've cut a piece of grass? She cuts no grass. I do all that. But when's the last time I planted a flower? She does all the flowers, all the shrubs, all of that stuff. Now, I help her with it. The one day we we went out there, and I I said, what are we going to do today? And she said, we're going to change the dirt. I said, excuse me? She said, we're going to change the dirt. So the dirt's dirty. We're going to put in clean dirt. But she wanted a better quality of dirt. But the point is, she all this beautiful grounds you see out here, she's responsible for that. Now we have a guy that cuts the grass here. But, uh, but back at my house, you go back there right now, everything is pristine. The yard is cut. It's trimmed. It's right up to the minute. That's what I do. I keep it looking like a golf course. A good golf course. Okay? Then you go in the house. Like in the house. I I can't tell you when the last time is I've dusted. She does all the dusting. But I vacuum the floors. The finances. I run the finances. She doesn't do anything with the finances. Okay. But she does the cooking. Who does the cleaning? See, you see, we we, we find out where she... See, I'm strong in some things where she's not. Vice versa. So we find out what we're strong in. And we excel in that. And we don't tear each other down. I don't go in there and say, Why don't you do the finances or... You know, or she doesn't come at me and say, well, why don't you do the dusting? I mean, she's a better duster. If you want your house dusted, Diane's the best person you're ever gonna find to dust your house. (laughs) You don't want me dusted. I'm a pretty good vacuumer. So so do you understand what I'm saying? One thing that I have seen too, too over the years is you got one person that they're working all day, the other one is at home not doing too much and then the person comes home from work and, and then they still, there's a stack of dirty dishes there and it hasn't been cleaned. And how many of you know that's not good, is it? So you just need to pursue things together in running a household, find out where each of you excel. And then listen to me, compromise is a must. If you're going to be married and have a successful marriage, you are going to have to learn to Compromise. You cannot have the mentality that it's going to be my way or the highway all the time. It just isn't going to work. You're going to have to compromise. And I'm not talking about compromising the word of God. I'm talking about, you know, how fair would it be for me to say, we're always going to eat at Steak and Shake, period. I don't care what you want. We're always going to Steak and Shake. That's not right, is it? You know, and if she said, well, I want to go to Taco Bell and we're not going anywhere else. we to Taco Bell well, how many of you know we need to compromise and give and take in there? Sometimes go to Steak and Shake, sometimes go to Taco Bell or just find some (laughs) place that sells hamburgers and tacos and go there. But you're going to have to give in sometimes. You cannot have my way or the highway in marriage. It's just not going to work. And then thirdly, the law of possession. They shall become one flesh, the Bible says. And the emphasis here on one means unity. You're going to have to be one in unity. See, the act of becoming one flesh involves much more than sex. It applies to our possessions. Listen to this. Oh, I've seen so many marriages. Just a mess because of this one here. Marriage is a complete union in all. Say all. In all things that we we own. anything that like when you come into a marriage anything that you had separately when you get married it becomes a joint ownership any let me read from my notes anything that is not jointly owned and operated will eventually lead to division and separation this involves merging everything when you get married all assets and liabilities and when I say liabilities, I mean liabilities. I've already had a few situations over the years where once a couple got married, they realized their spouse had thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of debt. And when you marry that person, you assume that liability legally. So now before I do any weddings, I we'd have to do background checks to find out if... Isn't that sad? You have to do that, but you've got to find out in a couple of cases I know in one case I'm thinking about the fellow had all kinds of unbelievable debt and she didn't know about it when Diane and I got married she had a house and I had land it wasn't too bad that her house wasn't on my land but she had a house I owned some land and now we have a house on land that it wasn't her house originally or my land it's funny how those things work out But when we got married, guess whose name went on her house? Mine. And guess whose name went on my land? Yep. I don't want that. I'm not going to have that. Then you shouldn't be getting married. Period. I'm going to have prenuptial agreement. Then you don't get married. You're not qualified to get married if you need a prenuptial agreement. You don't really love that person. Come on now. When you get married, everything that's hers is your. Like I've told her for years, everything that's mine is my, everything that yours is mine. Everything's mine's mine, right? <laughs> These people are. They'll catch them on the way home. Did you get? It? But every it's she, everything that's hers is mine, and mine is hers. I'm not going to put his name on my house. Well, then we shouldn't be getting married. I'm not going to put her name on my land. Well, we shouldn't be getting married. Each of us had a car. Each of us had a bank account. Guess what we did with the money that she had and I had? It wasn't much, but guess what we did with the little we had? It became ours. I've watched this so much. Oh my goodness. The the man, the husband will have his money and the woman will have her money and she'll have his, she'll, she'll have her account. He'll have his account. I got my money here. He's got his money there. He makes his money. I make my money. He does with his money what he wants. I do with my money what I want. Now, you can have a happy marriage, I guess, doing that, but I've never seen one of them yet. Not one of them yet that was all that God wanted. doesn't mean you can't run the money jo- like I do the finances. We could run the money together but it has to be everything that's mine is hers and hers is mine. Can you say amen? But I've watched this and hundreds, hundreds of them it's my money and it's her money and it's her money and she's got this money hid here and he's got this money hid there and when I get this money it's I earned it. it's mine and she's not touching it and he's not touching my money and you might be able to run like that and be happy. All right, I've seen some that it has worked to some degree, but not one of them has ever been all that God has wanted. You understand that? Her bills are my bills? My bills are her bills? You okay? And then the last one, and we'll close, is the law of purity. They were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now, this certainly has to do with sexual purity and holy living. Notice they were naked before one another, not naked before someone else. Now, that'll help your marriage last for 29 years if you're never naked before anybody else, just in front of your wife or your husband. Can you say amen? I never even took showers in junior high senior high. I don't want nobody seeing me naked, period. I'm sorry. I just don't want anybody looking at me naked. And if you if you went in there and had showers and that scared me about gym class in seventh grade, having to go in there. and take, Did anybody relate to that? To, to that besides me? I didn't want to go in there and take my clothes off in front of anybody. Some people that don't bother me. I, I don't want people seeing me naked. I didn't even want my wife seeing me naked. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. We I shouldn't tell this, but twenty nine years ago today. Got married two o'clock. It Was on a Saturday though, but so anyway, got married two o'clock, and uh, five o'clock we finished eat five or five thirty we finished eating our dinner, and uh, it was time to go back to the to the hotel room. Now most fellas would be wanting to get back to that hotel room. Come on, let's just talk here a minute. There's no kids in here. But I saw a putt putt place on the way back to hotel room. I said, "I said, let's go up, change the clothes, and let's go play putt putt for a couple hours." I tried to push it off as long as I, I don't want nobody to see me naked. Well, let's change the subject. But everything worked out fine. How many of you know sex is a holy thing? Can you say amen? Between a man and woman, husband and wife, it's his, God's wedding gift to the to the to the married couple. That is totally hilarious. You didn't think it was funny, but I. What would you say? (laughs) I wanted to, but she wasn't going to have any part of it. (sighs) You know, she's... Do what? Oh, there's... Well, yeah, it is. You know what? You know, after we got married, had this ring on, she showed me this ring. I can't get it off now, but you know what's on the inside of that ring? It says, I love you, Terry. She had that etched on there and I didn't know it until after we, that evening. I have it 29 years later. means the world to me. Only wedding ring I'll ever have. is that wonderful? You still love me today as much as you did then? You do. So, you know, we did even more actually. Isn't that good? And I love her more today. But I, we didn't play putt-putt. We did play putt-putt but not that night. It was later that night. <laughs> Why am I talking about this? I just... Okay, I'm making the microphone a little nervous. (laughs) Um, I'm almost done here. Uh, Somebody said, thank you. He's almost done. (laughs) Marriage, you didn't think you'd be hearing this today, did you? Marriage must be a place of total and complete openness. And, And I'll close with this thought here. And we could talk about successful marriages for hours and hours, but communication is so important communication is so important you got to talk to one another you got to communicate and that's one thing Diane and I have done we have talked to one another i remember when we were dating sometimes i'd talk her to sleep i'd leave her i'd leave her I'd leave her house and i and we'd been talking and she's standing at the door just about ready to fall asleep and and, and there was back then we see we didn't have cell phones back then so, pay phone. So I'd stop up here at the, at the national. It's a pay phone. I'd run in there to get my Apple squares. And I'd go in there and I'd call her on the phone. I'd just left her. I'd just been with her for three hours. I'd just left her and I called her to see how she was doing, you know. And then one night we're talking there. i have talked to her and she, she said, Diane, are you there? I said, "Dan, wake up! Let me talk to you." I still do that sometimes. If you know, if she wants to go to sleep, she doesn't take a sleeping pill. She just has me talk to her, and I, uh, her eyes start glazing over. <laughs> it's the truth. Isn't it the truth? It's a God's honest truth. But we communicate. Now I'm more of a talker than she is. You know, it's like that. It's like that day that uh, Lee Trevino, or no, Jack Nicholas and Lee Trevino were playing in a golf tournament. True story and uh, uh, Lee Trevino's always a talker Jack doesn't say a lot when he's on the golf course and, and so Jack goes up to Lee Trevino on the first tee before they teed off and he said Lee he says uh, I don't want to talk much today just want to play golf I don't want to talk much and Lee says that's fine with me he says you don't have to do any of the talking all you got to do is listening so she's a listener I'm a talker can you see it works out real well but but more importantly, we communicate. You know where I'm going. You know, we know when I'm there. We, you know, we, we talk. We talk, but we get in an argument. We've had some humdinger arguments, haven't we? Mostly my fault. A few of them have been hers, mostly mine. But you know, remember, we go to the neutral corner. We try to come together and then we talk it out. We don't let the sun go down on our name. We talk through it. Can you say amen? It, you know, I usually apologize and all of that and and then so forth and so on but you know I, speaking of communication i remember i have two instances where the one day we had a party over at our house years ago and the husband came upstairs and there were lots of people there and he was looking for his wife and his child the child was probably 16 17 18 years old and he says where where's pastor terry do you know where my wife and my child is i I said, well, they left about half hour ago. And then to top that one, back years before that, I had a fellow call me on the phone. He said, I can't find my wife and my two grown children. They were grown. They were in their late teens, early, early 20s. And I said, well, if you call the police, he says, it's too early to call the police. He says, I don't know where they're at. It's been several hours. I can't. And we had cell phones in that day where I don't know where they're at. And then about an hour later, he calls me up. He says, at least I know where they're at. They're about three states away. They decided to go on vacation. <laughs> and you know what? Neither of those two, neither, listen to me. I've seen some stuff. Neither of those two marriages are all that they could be. One of them ended in debacle and the other one, who knows? I don't know. But you've got to communicate. You, would I ever leave somewhere without telling you I'm leaving? Would I do that? Would I? No. Absolutely not. I won't even leave to come up here to the church. Would I go tell her I'm going to we live two minutes away? And you know one reason our marriage is so good? She's my best friend. And I love that woman unconditionally. I really, really do. So if you're here today and your marriage is good, then I, I applaud you. If it's not good, how many of you know it can become good? It can. It can become good. You know, I, I tell you what. If your marriage is on the rock, like ours is, that's good. It, do we have problems? We have problems, but we, 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 we work through them. Not a perfect marriage. But, but your marriage, if it's on the rock, that's good. But if it's on the rocks, how many of you know your marriage could be on the rocks? Ours isn't, but some could be. Some listening by over this, this tape here could be listening. And your marriage on the rock, you could get your marriage back, but it takes it takes a hundred percent effort on both parts. Did you hear me? And you cannot change your spouse. You can talk to them, tell them what you know what you would like and whatnot, but after that, you can't change them. You just be the best you that you could be. But if your marriage is in trouble, it can come back together and be all that God wants it to be. But I just suggest if you just if you just took these things we talked about here today and start working on these. Your marriage could be just as strong and vibrant. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, guess what? We've got a surprise for you today. We are going to have some snow cones out there. We had a snow cone thing yesterday and we didn't get rid of all the snow cones. So we're going to get rid of them today. We're going to give them to you. There's nothing wrong with them. They're just fine. You okay? And so just we just ask that you don't bring them into the sanctuary because I don't want to have to get snow cone juice out of the rug, okay? So anyway, well, did you get anything out of this today? Did you learn anything? I mean, be helpful to you. God wants you to have a strong marriage. Well, I look around, I don't see anybody lost, so there's no reason to have an altar call for, for salvation if everybody's saved. So pass your tracks out this week. And uh, I don't know if we're going to do it next week, but if not next week, the following week. But we're going to start on, uh, the Lord wants me to do a, a series on the spiritual armor, our armory, the armor of God, and talk about how to stand against the wiles of the devil and and uh, so I'm going to be doing a several week series on the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit. Is it, We're going to get delve into that. It's going to really, really be interesting. And uh, so we'll be starting that probably next week or the following. So be praying for me that we get what, what the Lord wants us to say. How may you be interested in that? Our spiritual clothes, you know, that's called the armor of the Lord. You know, a lot of people don't even, Christians don't even know that, that God has clothes for them and they don't know anything about their clothes and spiritual clothes, and so we're going to teach you about that. I've taught you over the years, but how many of you know you can't go through all that spiritual close in 45 minutes and learn it all? So we're going to take several weeks on it. Are you interested in that? I think, I think it'd be very interesting. So, all right, well, let's everybody stand. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for these good people here today. We just pray for them, that you lead them, guide them, direct them. I pray for marriages, ones that are strong, that'll get, that'll get stronger, and ones that may not be as strong, whether in this room or over this this airwave here, this this internet, that these people that would, if, if their marriages aren't what they should be, that they'll just take this to heart and begin to work on these things. And, and, and my, my prayer is that marriages will be strong and vibrant and all that you intended them to be. And we love you, sir. We bless you. We praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hey, we'll see you next time. Don't forget snow cones out there. and worship you.